For more accessibility, feel free to read the podcast transcript as you listen. Available at autish.wordpress.com. Welcome to the Autish Podcast. My name is Onikage, and this autism podcast, like my blog, provides various autistic content. I am autistic myself, and I want to promote acceptance and to explore various stories and personalities for the autistic community. This podcast will feature guests that are involved in the autistic community in some way. Today we'll be discussing education and mentoring, and also focusing on autistic friendships. Having additional support and education is slowly improving for those with disabilities. And having mentors for neurodivergent people is a great sign for things to come. Unlike the 90s where education support was scarce, nowadays there are more catered safe spaces for autistic and neurodivergent people and also additional support. Today's guest is Jen Elcherson. Jen is a featured writer and Spectrum woman. Jen herself was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome in 1998. She currently works as an education assistant and devotes her life to supporting and mentoring children on the spectrum. Would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, well, my name is Jen Elchison and my day job is as an education assistant. So I work with neurodivergent kids in a high school setting and it's a lot of fun. And I started off doing elementary, but I found that I really liked working with the older kids. So it's been a pretty good transition and it's been my, I think I'm going into my third year now. So it's pretty good. And I'm also an author. I'm one of the co-authors of the book, Spectrum Women Walking to the Beat of Autism. There were 16 of us who put together that book and it's been fairly successful. I've heard about Spectrum Women and I access the website and I do speak to Yen and I had Yen in the previous episode of the podcast. Could you explain more about the book Spectrum Women for those who have not heard of it? Well, it's basically an anthology and it's written by, like I said before, 16 women on the spectrum. And then we have a, a clinician following up what we have to say. So our chapters encompass a bunch of different things like diversity growing up, personal safety, self-care, things like mental health, just all kinds of things. Like the book talks about so many different topics that pertain to people on the spectrum, not just women. Like, of course, we started off with the website being just for women, but now we encompass gender diversity too. So a lot of people enjoyed the book that weren't just women. That is pretty cool. And it's great to see more more support groups or books or even advocates for autistic women or even non-binary um, gender diverse, especially how it's a lot more difficult to get diagnosed if you're not the autistic male, the stereotype. So yeah, I, I find it great and really useful for when I was like late diagnosed as well. And it's just like, oh, wow, there's uh, so many like support groups for women now. And when I first was diagnosed, it wasn't, there was some, but there weren't a lot, but I think they've actually grown a lot now. And that's only by a couple of years, which is really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I remember helping run a group back in 2011. And back then there were hardly any groups out. And now it's just, there's so many different ones to choose from. In fact, we even, those of us at Spectrum Women even started a support group on Facebook. So if any of our readers 
who are self-diagnosed or diagnosed with autism, they are more than welcome to join. It is called Spectrum Women Connect. So if you identify as an autistic woman or non-binary person or whatever, you're more than welcome to join that. It's called Spectrum Women Connect, and it's on Facebook. That's cool, especially how Facebook's a big platform for support groups. Um, I'm in a few myself, so... I need to look into that one. <laughs> Could you explain more on your job on being an an educator or assistant? It's a lot like being a teacher, but we're not teachers. That's something I need to stress. The teachers are the ones that do all the programming and we just follow the direction of the teacher and work directly with the kids. So for me, I'm doing something a little bit different than what some of my other coworkers are doing. I'm working mainly one-on-one with an autistic student because ever since that student started at the school, we've had a very good connection and connection and rapport building with our kids is everything. And consistency is important too. I don't just work with that student though. In second period, I work with a group of new students and Basically, what my coworker and I are doing with them is we're just supporting them in the elective courses they're taking. So with the new students each year, they get each month, they try a different elective. So that's one of the other things I do. But mainly I'm supporting this young person on the spectrum. And I really enjoy it because people at work have often uh, come to me with queries about autism because I'm openly autistic on the job. A lot of people aren't, but I feel with the type of work I do, it's very important to be out and open because I want these kids to understand that they have a future. You know, I remember being young like them and not thinking I had a future. And so I think, you know, being able to go back into the schools and work and support kids that remind me so much of myself when I was young has been invaluable. And I think more neurodivergent people, if they can, they should definitely try to get into educational jobs because there's so many young people like us there needing our help and support and understanding from our own level as autistic people. I do definitely agree. Neurodivergent people um, and more neurodivergent people in the educational field. As you say, you're openly autistic and you're helping an autistic kid, which is great. It gives them gives them hope. It's like, wow, they're like me. They, they understand because the problem that's been reoccurring for years, especially in the 90s, is that when autistics, neurodivergent or any other disability have to get like an assistant at school, the helpers don't understand them and there's always miscommunication. To hear a contrast from what you're doing is fantastic and I genuinely hope that there's more neurodivergent helpers in the future. I'd really appreciate if some of the closeted autistics at my job would come out, but I'm working on it. I'm I'm recommending my book to them and stuff because I think the more of us who are open about our challenges, the easier it'll be for the kids to understand that they're not alone and that they can grow up to be adults that are doing important things and you know, things like that. Yeah, definitely. You also do mentoring. What does that provide? Who do you mentor specifically for? Well, it's actually very interesting how this came about. So while I was going to college, I had a part-time job at a daycare. And it's funny because the whole time I've worked at this daycare, we've always had autistic kids. And my boss at the time, she is not autistic. And so she really appreciated having me to kind of help her and So one of the kids in particular, she started going to the daycare when she was very little. And I knew from when she was little that she was very different than the other kids. And 
then as she got a little bit bigger, I just noticed certain traits like speech delay and not really wanting to engage with other kids and stuff. And I thought, oh boy, this family, you know, they're going to need some help with this. So my boss and I spoke and I said, you know, do you think we should talk to them? And we did. And then we filled out the appropriate paperwork and using my knowledge on just personal experience and autism and girls, I was able to write down every single trait and every single autistic behavior that was standing out compared to the other kids on this paperwork. They submitted it to the clinicians and she was able to get a diagnosis. And it was really cool because after that, the parents reached out to me and asked if I would like to do respite care for her. And I thought, wow, that's cool. There's so much I can do with this as an autistic adult working with a young autistic person. So what we do is we hang out together. We just hang out. We do a lot of community access. I take her swimming. I take her to the library. We go out for lunch. We just get out around people. And it's been really good for her social skills because she went from a kid that wouldn't really play with other kids to approaching all the kids and wanting to be everyone's friend. Like, it's really awesome. She's just done amazing. And being able to foster that and encourage it and just get to hang out with this awesome little young person has been really beneficial for me too. It's so awesome. We can be ourselves. Like we walk down the street and we stim sing, like we make up little songs and we sing about what we're going to do during the day. And we look around at our surroundings and just take in everything. It's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, she's such a great kid and we have a lot of fun together. Sometimes I just watch her at her house, but for the most part, we're out in the community and doing fun stuff. So it's really meaningful work. Oh, wow. That is awesome. (laughs) It's amazing how outside of like educational or support groups, like with mentoring, it's, it's like something more of a chilled out vibe and you just get to be yourself and they feel relaxed. It's not, it's not like it's counselling or anything that you're like, oh, I, I, I need to say, I, answer, answer questions. Uh, but it kind of reminds me of a few groups I've attended, an autistic group I've been to. Um, one of them is like basically a, a bunch of autistics gathering together and we just discuss things and it's not about being strict about it, it's just maybe discuss about clothing and things. And I used to attend a women's group. We just hang out in a set location, have a have a have a cuppa, just chat what's going on. Sometimes we talk about like what's happening in society when it comes to like autism support or finances or anything. And we're just like, oh this is happening. Oh no <laughs> It's so nice a group of women can get together as women and talk about the things that affect us as autistic women and non-binary folk, of course. I found support groups to be even better than therapy in some cases. Yeah. Because you're so many people who just get it. And one thing I loved about the book was that when we wrote it, there was absolutely no issues. We all had a job to do and we did it. And then we, we sent our submissions in. They got edited. We fixed what needed to be fixed. And yeah, we had a book. It was actually a very smooth process. And that's because it was a group of like-minded people coming together for one very important cause. And that was basically writing a piece of history. I'd like to think that our book is, you know, a great starting point for late diagnosed women. I definitely agree with it being better than like the traditional therapy. We all get to bounce our opinions and comments and 
half the time go, oh, I have this, I have that, or oh, I can relate, or... Oh. <laughs> and you're not going to get people looking at you going, oh, or that's weird, or why do you do that? Like, you don't get any of that in, you know, an autistic uh, women's space. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> but all the ones have been, you know, very positive, and everyone's just been really supportive of each other. And even if you can't relate to someone... You can say, well, you know, my friend has this problem, you know, so maybe you can talk to them. Like, it's really cool how open and flexible we all are. Yeah, I agree. Back to education. What do you think of the education system where you are in Canada? Well, I can only really speak from like about this on a provincial level. I think my province is slowly improving education for people. What really helps is having people who are very high up doing important things. We have this one lady who's very well known in our province. She started off as a teacher working with neurodivergent kids. And now she's one of the people who plans a lot of things around inclusion. And I think that's awesome. We need more people like that. Generally, I mean, most education systems need improvement. We all know that. But I yeah. think what matters too is the people in those systems who care you know, it's all about the right people. And I went into this because, not because I'm a big fan of the education system, but because, you know, you can make a difference even on a small scale. Like if you can help one kid have a good year at school, that's all that matters. You've made an impact. And I think the policies, while they may suck, it's the people that matter. It's all about having the right people and you know, and the relationship building with the students, that's important. You can just disregard everything and focus on that pretty much. A good teacher or a good support worker or a good assistant makes a lot more difference than the bad. Even in the UK, we have a lot to improve on. We've got quite a messed up <laughs> background at points, but we're, we're slowly improving and being more inclusive for disabilities and Thankfully, being more inclusive of LGBT, I think that's getting more sorted more next year. Yeah. I do worry about the whole support thing, especially in the UK. Like, there's more children that need support these days, but there's oh, it's a lot harder to get support due to budgeting and possibly the amount of children. And there's a lot of scepticism going, oh, they can't all be autistic, or oh, they must be blah, 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 or their parents are going to get more money, oh. It's like, ah, oh, it's so, a lot of people are so skeptical because of like the like rubbish, like the da the Daily Mail and that. It's like, no, focus on the kids that need help. Don't listen to the tabloids. A lot of kids slip through the cracks because of the funding. There's only so much funding, and so if a kid is deemed so-called high functioning, they probably won't even get a diagnosis or any support. It really sucks. Like they they still look at it in terms of functioning labels and. And all this mm. negative ways, yeah, they're still really stuck on the, the medical model. And what happens with that is the kids with the most significant support needs get help, which is awesome because they should. But then a lot of the kids who are masking and, you know, suffering in silence, they don't get any help because nobody knows. Someone like me might catch on. Like last year, I actually got a really awesome opportunity to work with a student who was struggling with major anxiety and couldn't work in the classroom because they had been bullied. And luckily, uh, they had a really understanding teacher who I happen to be friends with. And that teacher actually asked me if I would work with them one on one in private somewhere, just so they could pass the class. And that was great. 
because that student and I were able to to work somewhere quiet and they got all their work done. It's not that they were struggling academically or anything. Their anxiety just kept them from being able to focus in class. So that's why support workers, you know, that's why our job is so important because we can take the students out and, and work with them and help them succeed. Do you have any advice for those who are neurodivergent that want to seek a job in education? I say go for it. Get all the support you can in college and university, like access your disability services department. That's what I did. They allowed me extra time to take my exams and things like that. Get all the help you need. And I would also recommend find a school in your town and volunteer there first so you can get a feel of what you're dealing with. I actually volunteered at the school I'm working at now. It's funny because when I volunteered there, I didn't think I would eventually work there. I I wasn't sure if it was the right school, but I did that. And and it really helped because you can get to know the people you may be working with and get a good feel for the place. And if you can volunteer at another school, do that too. And, you know, find a mentor if you can. Find someone who's been doing the job a little bit longer than you and shadow them, you know, ask them questions. That's really important. There was a lady I was able to ask questions to when I first started out, and I think she was neurodivergent herself. She was very good at her job, and that helped make the whole process more comfortable. So I was able to apply with confidence and, you know, and get the job. It's also important to make sure you take all the courses you need before applying, though, because some schools will hire people without courses and others won't. It depends on your country and your school district, things like that. But I would totally recommend more neurodivergent people do this work. But I will warn them that you have to be prepared for a lot of ableism. And it's going to make you very angry and frustrated. So make sure you have support, you know, someone you can talk to, you know, and after a hard day or something like that. And also, if you see anything happening uh, to a kid, don't ever... uh, hesitate to report it. That was something I had to do earlier this year. It was hard, but I had to do it because to me, justice is important. And I think the more autistic people in this kind of role, the more successful the students because they will have role models who understand and, you know, they can relate to. So that would be my advice. That sounds good. And finally, any other comments? Nothing really. I feel like if I start talking, I'll probably ramble about something totally incoherently. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was really nice being able to talk to you. And I hope to do more podcasts like this and, you know, get it out there that, you know, our education systems need more neurodivergent people because these young people, they they need us. They really do. You know, if it's it's just, it's so important. Even if you just say to them, I understand, it can make a big difference. Last year, I had a young transgendered student that I suspected was on the spectrum, and he was really struggling. But because I was able to listen to him and um, say to him, you know, there is nothing better in the world than being yourself, it really clicked that, you know, he knew he was on the right path and, you know, working to be who he really was. And he really appreciated that I was able to say to him, you know, don't ever let anyone put you down for being yourself. Like never do that. Never sell yourself short, never compromise your self-worth because when you're neurodivergent and you're also unique in other ways, you got to be strong and it's hard. So find that support and seek it out. That's a great way to conclude it. And thank you very much for participating. It was great having you here. 
Yeah, thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Autish podcast. If you like more blog information, please access autish.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. This is Onikage from Autish, signing out.